Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different regions, the different grape varieties, the different styles of wine, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we'll continue our focus on spirits by looking at rum and cachaça. So rum has a long history, going back to the 16th century. Unfortunately, it is highly connected with the development of the slave trade, with slaves being brought from Africa to the Caribbean to um, harvest the sugar that was there, which was an extremely lucrative industry. And rum is a byproduct of the um, harvesting of sugar. And so rum can be made in any country in the world that is capable of producing sugar, sugar cane which in practice limits it to tropical or subtropical climates and rum production is centered on the Caribbean and uh, South America so Caribbean countries like Jamaica and also those with the Atlantic um, coast uh, Colombia, Venezuela and Guyana in particular so how is rum made? So sugarcane is a tall leafy stem that can grow to three to four meters in height and it contains sucrose and it can be harvested either by hand or machine. But the important thing is that it needs to be processed quickly because sugarcane contains wild strains of bacteria and yeast which can consume the sugar and also cause undesirable flavors. So the sugarcane juice comes from crushing the stems in a mill which is only available during the harvesting season because that's done immediately and the fermentation must be immediate. But the molasses are the byproducts of the sugarcane juice which are the important ingredient for rum in most cases. And molasses come when the sugarcane juice is boiled to a syrup and the sugar crystallizes and this process is repeated until only the molasses are left and this is a dark syrupy residue which is the starting point for most rums. And it's cheap and it's stable and it's widely traded. Very few producers are self-sufficient so they're buying their molasses from other uh, sugarcane juice producers. And quality is important, but origin isn't that important. So a lot of producers will get their molasses from pretty much anywhere. It doesn't have, even have to be the same country. So you've got that base uh, ingredient. And then the fermentation will start. So with the sugarcane fermentation starts straight away. Molasses though have 60% sugar. They're so syrupy and so sweet. And that's so much sugar it would kill the yeast. And so therefore it's diluted with water. And then the distillers have cultivated their own strains of yeast to get that fermentation starting. And the temperature needs to be controlled in order not to kill the yeast. So um, the solution is circulated through a heat exchanger to control that temperature, remembering that we're in a very hot environment. So after that fermentation, we have the distillation. And there are lots and lots of different options for rum producers with the distillation. And this will really shape the style and flavor profile of the rum. So column stills are used to create more highly rectified rums, but also lower strength rums where the marks, which we'll talk about in a moment, are drawn off earlier. So for example, rum agricole, which we'll also talk about in a moment. And then pot stills are also used uh, with a double distillation and sometimes using retorts. So retorts are used for heavier and more aromatic rums. And these are separate copper vessels between the pot still and the condenser. And what happens in the retorts is that they contain high and low wines from the tails of the previous distillation. So the high wine is a higher alcohol which follows from the heart with water in the retort. And low wine is 40% alcohol with water in the retort also. So what happens is the vapour is released from the pot into the low wine retort and the hot vapour boils the liquid in the retort, releasing volatile components and concentrating vapour to a higher strength. And then this vapour goes into the high wine retort where the process is repeated and the new high strength vapour is condensed and collected. And any liquid 
left in the retorts is used in the next distillation for the congeners that they have developed. And so adjusting the liquid in the retorts alters the flavour. And so for a high ester rum, dunder is added. So esters and congeners are created during the fermentation, some by yeast, others later on when acids react with the alcohol. And this is increased in a long fermentation. And the use of dunder can enhance the formation of the esters. If you're looking for a really aromatic rum, then dunder may be used. And dunder is the non-alcoholic acidic residue left at the bottom of the still. And so this residue is collected, and it naturally ferments outside in dunder pits or tanks. And it concentrates the acids and the ester content, and there's actually quite a rotten smell to it. And dunder can be added in the later stages of, fer of the fermentation, raising the acidity, slowing the fermentation, and creating high levels of esters, and it will result in heavier and more pungent rums. And so the use of pot stills allows the addition of dunder in the retorts, which we were just talking about, which is why pot stills are so commonly used for the production of rum, especially if you're looking for that aromatic style. And Jamaica is the spiritual home of high ester styles, and so dunder is often used um, in Jamaica, and also Jamaican rum may be used in blends, so you can get the rum from Jamaica, doesn't really matter which country you're in, and add it to the blend to uh, create that, to give a slightly heavier weight to the rum, if that's what you're looking for in the blend. Marks are also important in rum, and distillers produce different marks for variety and for blends, and this will be used for trading as well, so they can trade their different blends at different marks to different other producers who want to create their own blend. So there's a lot of trade between dis distilleries going on. So a light mark comes from a quick fermentation with a small number of congeners, and, and a suitably cultured yeast will be used to create that quick fermentation. And this will create light-bodied, highly rectified spirits with light flavours and aromas, and this will be made using multiple column stills. A heavy mark, a yeast will be used which has much more flavour and allows the fermentation to run longer. So the cultured yeast is very important here. And then dunder may be used as well as, as we've just been talking about. And the, the result will be a high amount of congeners, the pot still will be used and also the retorts will definitely be used as well to create a heavier mark and therefore a heavier style of rum. So after the distillation, there's the maturation, and there's lots of choices again here to create different styles of rum, to age or not, to add caramel or not for colouring, to spice or flavour the rum, and then there'll be all these different blends of those different methods to choose from, to blend together or to leave separate. So the UK's history is very intricately connected with rum, for better and for worse, and it meant that historically uh, rum was actually aged in a different place from where it was made. For example, the UK, and there's still a distillery in Scotland, Cadenhead, which makes rum. But the maturation takes place in Scotland, not the production. So rum can be only produced in those countries that has the tropical climate, but it can actually be matured anywhere. But mostly it's going to be matured in the Caribbean, even if it's not the same exact country that it was made in. And the Caribbean has something called tropical ageing, where one year of ageing equals three years in Scotland. So the ageing is a lot quicker because the temperature is a lot warmer. And up to 6% of the rum can be lost in one year of ageing. So that's something that has to be factored in. And so the rum is pulled into the oak with high levels of extraction. And oak can easily dominate a light mark, whereas the heavy marks need time in oak to develop and allow the green aromas of the uh, spirit to mature. And the, the oak which is usually used is American oak, so bourbon barrels. But in the French um, islands, rum, where rum agricole is produced, they're usually old cognac barrels. So after that maturation, there's the blending and finishing. 
And so, as I mentioned, there's a lot of trade. Spirits from different distilleries, different islands, countries will be blended together for the final product. Caramel may be added for colour and brand consistency, but also for flavour in navy rum. So let's look at the different styles of rum which are produced from all those different um, ways that the rum has been distilled. So we have white white rum, which is light or medium intensity, and that's made from light marks. There's a Latin American style, which you might know from Bacardi, which is the most famous example of uh, a white light rum. Some blends, however, can include heavier marks to add character to the style. And if there's a high percentage of heavier marks, then they're going to be very aromatic. So it's all depending on what style the producer wants, and that could be the brand style. Then there's golden rum, and this is being aged in oak, and this will be much more intense and complex. Caramel will be added, but only for colour consistency, not for flavour. And then there's dark rum, which is... Um, Again, aged in oak, and this will be made from the heavier marks, and we'll get aromas of dried fruits and sweet spices like figs, raisin, cloves, cinnamon, and these are full-bodied, smooth, intense, and complex. And there's another style of dark rum called navy rum, which is a blend of uh, three different rums, um, a light column still rum, blended with demerara rum, which we'll talk about in a second, which is soft and sweet, and then some aromas will be coming from the Jamaican rum, uh, which is a, st a style called Wedderburn, which we'll talk about in a second also. And caramel may be added to darken the colour and also give a burnt treacle finish. So the reason it's called navy rum is because British sailors used to drink this and it'd be very high alcohol strength. Uh, the most famous example now is Pusses, which is around about 55%, and it's really dark and rich and intense and high in alcohol, and the British sailors up until 1970 were given around about half a pint a day to um, warm them up and get them going. And that tradition lasted over 300 years. So it's hard to imagine drinking that much rum every day, but that's what the sailors did, and the navy rum style still exists. So Pusses is the most famous example, also lambs. And then there's spiced rum. And these are golden rums which are spiced with cinnamon, aniseed, rosemary or pepper. So let's look at some of the countries where rum is produced. Guyana is one of the world's major sugar producers and their big river is the Demerara, which gives its name to the, the sugar that is made there. And this is the soft deep base of navy rum, so it gives navy rum its sweetness and its softness and its smoothness. The most famous producer is El Dorado and their rums are certainly worth trying, their 12 year old is exceptional. And um, there'll be different stills used and different marks. Demerara Distillers produces the widest range of marks in the world from their Diamond Distillery. And they have different stills. They have a wood frame coffee still, which dates from the 19th century. They have double and single column stills. They also have pot stills, which are made of green heart wood with copper necks. And there's a single pot, which is a wooden pot and has a retort with a rectifier and a condenser. And then the double pot creates the weightiest mark of them all. So all those different stills will produce different styles and different marks and these can be sold individually to be made in blend for blends in different places. Then there's Jamaica which has a wide range of styles. So they have the uh, rums which are made in pot stills which are quite punchy. Ray and Nephew are the most famous producer and these come from long fermentations. Dunder will be used and the different styles of rums that are produced in Jamaica are graded by the concentration of esters and these are have different terms. Common cleans refers to delicate floral spirit with 80 to 150 esters. Plumbers has light tropical fruits and 150 to 200 esters. Wedderburn is fuller and fruitier and 
fuller bodied with 200 plus esters then there's continental flavored 500 to 1700 esters so really pungent concentrated aromas of pineapple banana tropical fruits almost like a heavily peated malt and this will um, come from a fermentation that has lasted five to ten days and then column stills are also important for the use in blends as well so, and another good uh, jamaican producer is appleton estate and here you'll get flavors of leather honey spices tobacco and dried fruits so those are the rums made from molasses. In the French Antilles, the islands of Martinique, Guadeloupe, and La Réunion, sugarcane juice is used. And this is the style of rum called rum agricole. And sugarcane juice is used because France started to use sugar beet instead of cane. So the sugar producers had to find another alternative for their sugar. So they started making rum instead and they make it straight from the sugar cane juice. Cane harvested, crushed, and then the juice is extracted, taken straight to the ferment fermenters, and there's a short fermentation, resulting in an alcohol of 4.5 to 9%. Continuous stills are used to produce a low-strength, very aromatic spirit with lots of flavour and character, 350 to 400 esters. And different flavours are created by varying the conditions in the fermenter, the strength of the distillate, or the shape of the column. And most uh, rum agricole is going to be white or rum blanc, unaged and drunk as punch locally. And there is some aged rum agri agricole, which is aged in a mixture of French, new oak and ex-cognac, and maybe some American oak as well. And these are very aromatic rums, pungent, vegetal, with aromas of cane, green leaf, apple grass, unripe banana, anise violet, and they can also be slightly oily. These are pretty full-on styles that take a while to get used to. Um, in these islands, rum industriel is also um, made now, and this is made with molasses, and so that's the leftovers from the sugarcane production, and these will be much softer and more elegant. And then there's one other style of rum, cachaça, and this is made in Brazil, which produces most of the world's sugarcane. And cachaça is actually the second largest spirits category in the world. There's more made in Brazil than vodka in the entire world, but most of it is drunk locally. So cachaça, although it's so produced in such large volume, you don't see it that often outside the country unless you're really looking for it. Dominated by five brands, under Brazilian law it's classed as a cane brandy, but internationally it's not seen as an international spirits category, except in the US. They came to an agreement in 2013 where they um, defined cachaça as its own drink, but for everyone else it's basically rum. Variety of techniques is used. The cane is washed to rehydrate it, which allows for the maximum extraction of sugar, and then it's crushed. Um, the yeast can be cultured, or it could be a wild fermentation. The fermentation takes place in stainless steel for 20 to 30 hours, so it's a pretty quick fermentation. And there'll be a mix of pot stills and continuous stills. The traditional small producers will use copper pot stills to produce a low-strength vegetal cachaça. And then column stills will be used by the large producers, and this will be very like a light rum. Bottled immediately with an alcohol of 38 to 48%. Most of them are unaged, though some are aged in oak, either Brazilian wood or American oak, for at least one year. And they're often smoothed with sugar, and the sugar can be anything between 6 and 30 grams per litre. And Cachaça's most famous cocktail is the Capirinha, which is served on crushed ice and is very refreshing. And that's probably the best way to drink Cachaça, because on its own it's pretty pungent and in your face. So that's rum and Cachaça. So many options for the producers, from the fermentation to the distillation to the maturation to the blending of different styles. A so very varied category and lots of quality rums to sample.
So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink. <laughs> <laughs>